0: All right, buckle up! It's time to listen to the somewhat official podcast of the Memphis Express, the unofficial podcast of the Memphis Express, bringing you news, stories, videos, and so much more. This is Express and Goal. What up, flight crew? This is your captain speaking. My name is Daniel, and welcome aboard flight twenty-nine of the Express and Goal podcast.
1: Ooh. Oh, that's new.
0: (laughs) I'm accompanied by my co-host, Michelle, and it has been a week for AAF football.
1: And I know nothing about it. So we thought this week would be fun to do something we're calling a react recap episode. Obviously, I was out of town this weekend. I missed everything that happened in the AAF. So what we're going to do is we're actually going to break this episode down into two parts. In part one, Dan's going to fill me in on all news. Uh, We'll do a short breakdown of the other games, and then really kind of do a quick one of the Express. Then in part two, we will jump into a more in-depth recap once I have more information.
0: Shall we get started?
1: Okay. Here's what I think happened. Who did the Stallions play this weekend? The Iron. I think, I'm hoping the Stallions won.
0: Okay. All right. So here's the games. Atlanta, Legends, and the San Diego Fleet.
1: I think. Okay. So I want to say that the Fleet won, but I'm nervous that they lost.
0: Okay. Okay. The Orlando Apollos and the San Antonio Commanders.
1: We started watching. I've watched the first half of that game at this point. I think, Ah, oh God, I think that one's neck and neck. I mean, I, I, I it, it's a toss up.
0: Yeah, and we predicted last week that the Commanders would win.
1: Okay, I can see that happening based on the first half.
0: Salt Lake Stallions and the Birmingham Iron.
1: Again, I'm hoping the Stallions won, but I think that one's kind of a toss up too. I, I don't really know.
0: And the Arizona Hotshots and the Memphis Express.
1: All right, here's what I know. I know that the final score is 18-20, but I don't know who scored what because my friend I was traveling with this weekend showed me the score and I was like, no, don't show me because I didn't tell her like no spoilers. So I know that that's the final score. I saw Dan's snaps or or his Instagram stories while he was at the event. The hub looked empty, which is very disappointing. Just based on what I saw in your stories, looked empty, disappointing. The stadium looked empty. That's disappointing. I think that we lost, but my hopes are still high. Well, I have hopes. <laughs> I don't know if they're <laughs> high hopes.
0: All right. So let's do a rundown of the rest of the league. And just so, you know, the hub was empty for a lot of the game. But we were rowdy and loud, as you can tell by my voice. Is still hoarse. Yeah. I'm still trying to regain that. But it was a lot of fun. So we'll get to that in a minute. To start things off, the first team to play was the Salt Lake Stallions and the Birmingham Iron. Okay. So the Salt Lake Stallions led for most of the game. Okay. But... The iron came back in the end to win. Damn it. 12 to nine.
1: Okay. At least it was fairly even. It wasn't a blowout.
0: Yeah. A lot of people are saying that the iron is one of the best teams in the league. I still don't see that since we held them to nine points through the first three quarters. Yeah. And the stallions held them for most of the game. And they still haven't scored a passing
1: touchdown. Wow. Okay. So this is off topic slightly, but something I was thinking about when we were watching the commanders and Apollo's game last night was Something I'm worried about in this league that I I guess hadn't really thought about until last night was quarterback accuracy, mm-hmm. because there's a problem with getting great quarterbacks in the NFL. So if the NFL can't even get elite quarterbacks in every team, well, what does that say about the AAF and the, the talent of those quarterbacks?
0: Yeah, there's definitely a deficiency. It, it's just kind of like you work with what you have. Mm-hmm. Garrett Gilbert show that he's got potentially He's the arm. Yeah. I mean there's there's a lot of good quality quarterbacks. Even Louis Perez from the Iron is a good quarterback. He's just hindered by a bad offensive line and receivers that don't catch the ball.
1: Yeah. Okay. Hit me with the next game.
0: All right. So we have the Atlanta Legend and the San Diego Fleet. Yep. We chose the Fleet to win. Yep. The Legend started off strong. Okay. But in the end the Fleet came back to win at 24-12.
1: Hey, that makes me really happy. I'm excited about that. Yep. One, because like, I think everyone was seeing that the legends are not as great of a team as, every, you know, we want all the teams to be good, but right. the legends seem to be a weak team and I wanted the fleet to kind of have a comeback. So I'm happy for them.
0: Yeah. And as far as like the Western conference goes, the fleet is probably my favorite team. I just have a self support them, not for any particular reason, just because that's yeah. kind of who I've kind of latched on to. Same. Apparently I have a knack for picking bad teams. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh no.
0: But they did come out with the win, and it's nice to see. And especially, like, they sold 20,000 tickets or, like, distributed, but only, like, 9,000 actually showed up to the game. Oh, yikes. But it was, like, a downpour. So the fact that 9,000 people braved the rain, and that's something I guess San Diegans don't do. Okay. Is, like, handle weather. Yeah. So the fact that they still came out and cheered on their team, I think is a good sign.
1: Gotcha. Okay, now this actually takes us to our next game. And now that I'm thinking about it, I don't want you to tell me the result of that game.
0: I was just thinking that. Because we're
1: in the middle of watching the Commanders and the Apollos. So don't tell me that one. But something you said last night when we started watching that game was that San Antonio is destined to succeed as a team. Yes. Like you just said, they're the only ones with an indoor stadium, right?
0: Yeah, especially, you know, this time of year, weather was brought up a lot during the offseason. And I think that is proving to be true, and we'll get to that a little bit when we we talk about the Express game. But for one, San Antonio and Texas in general is psychotic when it comes to football. Yeah. And the fact that they have a dome stadium means that they don't have to worry about weather. And San Antonio has been trying to get professional football for a long time. Yeah. and hasn't had the opportunity, so they desperately want the team.
1: I'm so sorry. How many people attended the game uh, this past weekend?
0: 29,000 people. That
1: is a... Outstanding. I Insane. mean, th- that's, that's nuts. I, I'm blown away. Like, if we got those numbers at, at the uh, the Liberty Bowl, mm-hmm. I, I would be so happy. <laughs> All right. I think it's time that we finally get to the express game. As I was telling Dan last night, it's kind of like Schrodinger's cat because I don't know what's happened in that situation. It can go either way. They could have won. They could have lost. But I don't know. So it's kind of like this great situation where it's like, ah, <laughs> I don't know that they lost yet. I think that they did, but I don't know that yet.
0: Okay. So as we know, the final score was 20 to 18. Yeah. And it was a great game. Okay. I, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. For one, the atmosphere was amazing. Okay. To start the day off, you know, we got there pretty early and, you know, there's tailgaters out there. We talked to a lot of people. They had the tailgate competition, which I wish I had kind of stayed around for.
1: And you told me when we talked on that on Saturday that Devin was really happy with the turnout.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I think that turned out really well. We get inside, we get our headphones for the silent disco, which was pretty awesome. The rain came in. So they had like shut it down for a while because it's really expensive equipment that doesn't like water. Yeah. So that was kind of a bummer. But the rain cleared up before the game started. You know, early into the game, they had music going and it was a huge hit.
1: The silent disco was? Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah.
0: Behind us, so we were in the very front row of the hub. Yeah. And behind us, there was like the like five or six guys are like dancing like the entire game, having a good time. So, right outside the hub was a table where you get the headphones. And there's probably like 20 or 30 people that were just standing there, essentially just having a silent rave. Really? Yeah.
1: That's so cool. Yeah.
0: And especially just for, People that are just looking to go out and have a good time and not necessarily into football. Right, right. Is a great way to attend the football game, but also have fun doing something else.
1: That's awesome.
0: So it was a huge hit. The pictures, and the videos I showed of the hub, like in my stories, were slightly dishonest. Because our side was How dare you. pretty empty. <laughs> but the other side was jam-packed.
1: Really? Yeah.
0: Why? So there were the flight decks, which are like essentially party decks that were like near the hub. And they had a a cash bar there so people could hang out, mingle, drink, have fun, watch the game. Yeah. And apparently a lot of people came down from that to sit in the hub. Okay. And just kind of like hang out there. Okay. So like half of the hub, at least for the first half, was just jam-packed.
1: Oh, okay. I thought you were seeing the other side of the field, like the family zone. You're saying like another side outside of the hub? I'm confused now.
0: So the hub is sections 112 to 115. Okay. Section 111 has elevated platform it's just like a flat platform the flight deck yeah okay and then on the other side section 115 has the same thing okay so they're just outside the hub Uh, okay so people came down from those decks down into the hub gotcha to hang out with
1: i see i see i see so it looked empty in your stories but it wasn't actually empty
0: because my half of the hub was empty but the other half was jam-packed gotcha after halftime like a lot of people didn't come back okay i'm not sure what happened there but for the first half it was pretty pretty crowded gotcha Overall, disappointing turnout, I think it was paid attendance was 11980 Okay, which was the lowest in the entire league. Yeah. But when you factor in that it was like 40 degrees and lower Mm -hmm. and windy Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and the rain at the beginning, Mm -hmm. people in Memphis, they do not like the cold. So the fact that like so many people still showed up.
1: Yeah, but 40 isn't that cold. I, I, I don't know. Like... It is disappointing. I'm just saying, like, I don't want to cut the express too much slack because. Sure,
0: sure, sure. But, I mean, it was 40 plus, like, wind. Yeah, I guess. It was pretty cold.
1: Okay. It's one of those things that, like, is disappointing. I'll just see how things go in the next home game. Ugh. That, that, that's a crappy feeling.
0: Yeah. But, I mean, if it gets warmer, I think there'll be a better turnout. But we'll see. And the problem is the fact that we lost so bad in the first game. Yeah, for sure. Memphis doesn't really support, from what I hear losing franchises like if you're winning they'll support you but they don't support like they don't they're not with you as thick and thin
1: uh the grizzlies i think is a prime example yeah when the grizzlies are winning that stadium is packed the FedEx forum is built to the gills um
0: is that that a saying
1: yeah all right
0: well there you go to
1: the brim the gills i don't even know anymore but now if you watch one of those games on tv the stadium does not i mean there's a lot it's pretty empty
0: yeah so game recap christian hackenberg Surprised to no one. Disappointed in that game. Accuracy issues. I mean, more, you know, O-line issues.
1: More of the same.
0: Everything. Okay, I will say almost everything across the board was better than week one. Hackenberg looked better, had more passing yards, looked better in the pocket. O-line performed better, running game. like Everything performed better, but still not to the level that you would want it to.
1: Okay.
0: Hackenberg barely cracked 100 yards in the game, which is pretty bad.
1: That's kind of what I expected to happen. More of the same, hopefully a little bit better. I didn't expect huge improvements because, again, like the problems with the first week were coaching and uh, play calling. And it didn't seem like there was humility in saying, like, oh, I messed that up, you know, from the coaching staff. So honestly, I didn't expect huge improvements. So that's kind of on par with what I thought.
0: Yeah. Coaching was another issue. Just a lot of run play, short passing. They went one for five between 10 and 20 yards, like throwing the ball between the 10 yards away from the line scrimmage and 20 yards. They only threw it five times and completed one. They didn't attempt to throw beyond 20 yards. So none of these downfield passes that we're seeing in some of the other games.
1: Right. Like I was about to say, the arm of Mm -hmm. the Apollos. What's his name? Garrett Gilbert? Yeah. I mean, he's just rocketing them down the field. Mm -hmm. And what was it? 50 yards, 54 yards in one. And then like, 30 plus yards in another b- back to back, essentially. Yeah. So
0: just wait till you uh, see the second half
1: of this, of the commanders in mm-hmm. Apollos. Yeah. <laughs> but back to the the express, I'm feeling crestfallen.
0: Yeah. and see, the problem is if you want to get into like, you know, the analytics of it, if you're not throwing deep defenses, don't need to worry about the deep ball. They don't have to play deep. You're not a threat. So they can come in and take out your run game, take out your short passing game. And that's exactly what the hotshots did. Oh, so for the first half, we shut them out. We went into the half twelve nothing. Express.
1: No way. Yeah, I remember watching your stories when you when we <laughs> we had the first points on the board ever of the Express mm-hmm. history, and then also we got the first touchdown. Like watching you and our friend Jacob. Like you guys were such bros. You're so excited. So that was really fun to watch. But it was after that that I decided to stop watching. So yeah, yeah, that's exciting that we shut him out in the, in the first half.
0: And player of the game Zach Stacy, first player in AAF history. To rush for over 100 yards in a single game.
1: Holy bleep. We'll just put the bleep <laughs> in right there. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Yeah. Wait, I have a question. Yes. Okay. So the you said that um, Hackenberg was disappointing. Is that because we lost? Or do you think that if we had won, that would have also have been the same? Like, you would have felt the same way.
0: I would have felt the same way. Even going into the end of the first half, we were winning, shutting them out. I have felt really good. I still was disappointed by Hackenberg's performance Okay, and the passing offense as a whole. Gotcha. I think the biggest disappointment in the entire game came at the end of the second half. Okay. We got a turnover. We were in the red zone. So we're about to score like we're in scoring position. We had no timeouts because of poor clock management early in the game. And they went for a passing play. It took too long to develop. And by the time Hackenberg got the pass off, it was incomplete and time ran out. So we end the second half within field goal range, but instead of like clocking it, getting the points, we ended up running the timeout and not getting the score.
1: I like, I'm sad and I'm angry at the same time. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm, I'm it's hard to not be really frustrated with the coach. Mm-hmm. It seems like a lot of it's coming down to him.
0: Yeah. So coming into the second half, the hot shots adjusted and we didn't. So, third quarter, they got a touchdown.
1: Which we saw in game one, by the way.
0: Yeah. We didn't score at all in the third quarter. So, now the score is 6-12. to Okay. Still looking good. Our defense is doing their job. Okay. But the offense just isn't clicking. Fourth quarter, Tasha score 14. Wow. We we do score. I can't remember how it ends up. But we're in a position. We're like less than two minutes to go. We're on our own goal line or like we're, we're backed up. It was like the 20 yard or something. And we're down by two. Right. So we go into this two minute offense and it's nothing but short passes and run plays and like nothing deep.
1: I, I'm just, you can't see this, but I'm sitting here shaking my head. Like what, 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 that's the predictability that we had a problem with in the first game.
0: So there's limited time. You can't just like dink and dunk down the field with these passing, like these short passing plays. You have to throw the ball and either that's not in the game plan or they don't trust Hack to do it.
1: We're going to lose every game if they don't adjust a single thing. Yeah. If they keep playing the game exactly. Y'all can tell I'm getting heated now. (laughs) I'm a little hot about this. If they don't change the game, if they stick with Hackenberg, short passing plays and just the run offense, we're going to lose every game because all the defenses are going to stay right on the line. They're not, you know, they're going to know exactly where the ball is going every time. Prepare for a losing season, Singletary.
0: Pretty much. If there, like I said before, if there's no deep threat, then opposing defense can just sit in the box and take away everything that we're doing.
1: I'm so mad. I'm so mad. I'm so mad. So I, the score was 2018 hot shots. Yeah. Like, okay. Anything else in the recap? I'm just like, I'm just kind of done. <laughs> I mean, not done. Like, I'm still gonna root for the express. It's just it's really frustrating because we have done our part to be excited about it and to help like encourage other fans. And and I feel like there's been a lot done on all the, all around the football aspect of the express, but the football is sucking. Yeah. And you can't like, that's gotta be the heart of what brings people to come to the games. And so if you can't get the football game together and if you can't get your team together and your offense, this is going to fall apart. I mean, you, uh, sorry, I'm talking a lot, but I want to make a point that, We were recently on a podcast. What was it? Big play something.
0: Yeah. Big play podcast.
1: And Dan made a point because one of the hosts of that show said, I'm currently rooting for the legends. Should I root for the express? And I was like, hell yeah, jump on board. But Dan said
0: like the losing team is going to have a hard time gaining fans and keeping fans. So like, don't jump ship just because your team is losing. And that's kind of where we're at with the express. Like we're better than the legends. So there is that like, there we have a very strong defense there's a lot of bright side on offense like Stacy is a beast there is a potential with just a few tweaks to the play calling to the coaching and likely a quarterback change is necessary okay like i'm not i'm not 100% bench hack let's see what else we got because if the play calling doesn't improve nothing changes yeah if the rest of the offense doesn't improve nothing changes cuz our receivers are dropping balls you know the o line perform better than before, you know, according to stats and like pro football focus, mm-hmm. they improved in the pass blocking, but still not enough to warrant that they're not at fault. Gotcha. The left side of the line was very weak. It just comes down to better play calling and a more accurate quarterback. And like, it's easy to say put in Mettenberger, but
1: it could be the same. Yeah. stuff.
0: <laughs> I mean, there's a reason why he didn't make an NFL team. Like he has issues. Is he going to be better than Hackenberg?
1: Well, here's the thing, though. I was just about to say, well, he's third string for a reason, but obviously our coach doesn't know what he's doing. Maybe he doesn't know what a good quarterback looks like because he's a defensive-minded coach.
0: Well, that's assuming that Singletary is making that decision and not the offensive coordinator slash QB coach.
1: I mean, I guess that's true, but I don't know. Okay. Let's go watch the game now. Okay. So
0: welcome back to the second leg of the flight.
1: Well... For them, it's the same. It, there was no time passed. For us, it was like two days.
0: I know, but I'm going to put a little transition so people feel like something happened.
1: Oh, okay. All right. So we watched the games. And let me tell you, this is how you know we're not officially sponsored by the team. because, And like, I don't even think that this is going to be a very long segment. There's a ton of negative. There's a little bit of positive, And it's just not fun to talk about negative stuff. I mean, you guys come here to have fun. I want to have fun. So I'm super disappointed in how the team is performing. But anyway, let's let's, let's get into it.
0: So the key points about this game is pretty much the same as it was with Birmingham. However, the highlight has to be Zach Stacey.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's the only reason why. Well, not the only reason. Well, the only reason we had points on the board, essentially.
0: He's the only reason our offense was anything. Yeah. We'll say that. Yeah. On defense, player of the game, Channing Shriveling.
1: Oh, no, no chance. <laughs> Without a doubt. Without a doubt, he had it.
0: Yeah. Sure. With a nice little assist from Couture with that interception. Yeah. Beautiful interception.
1: Yeah. That was the one with the scoop, right? On the ground? Yeah. Oh, yeah. My, that one was amazing. I asked Dan, we were watching him, like, how did he know? How did he know that the quarterback was going to throw it so low? And Dan was like, well, you just know. Well, good thing he knew because that interception was amazing.
0: And that just goes to show that even at the second tier level, if you would call it that, with the AAF compared to the NFL, These are still tremendous players. They're maybe not at the NFL level, but they're still tremendous players.
1: Well, that's not true because we were saying that there's players on the Express that won't be here next year.
0: Oh, sure, sure, sure.
1: I mean, Stripling for sure is one of them. Would you say Zach Stacey think he's going back?
0: I think so. I mean, he's had a year off. If he can stay healthy, because I know like his ankle has been an issue in the past. If he can stay healthy, I I could definitely see him making a return to the NFL.
1: Yeah, I definitely, especially after this week. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... Is that all you got for positives? I'm looking at my notes. I, I don't have anything.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just Reese Horn played well again. You know, he's kind of shining as one of our star receivers. And then once again, the biggest positive of the game has to be our defense.
1: They're the reason that we were shutting them out 12-0. I mean, yeah. obviously we had to get points on the board, but the defense is the one that was holding them back. And it made me, because th- I wish that we could watch the Hot Shots game from week one. Then I could know, like, our defense is just absolutely killing it. I mean, not that like, so they were obviously, but is it because the hotshots isn't that good or is it because our defense is that good? You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. 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 So the hotshots played the stallions in week one. I didn't get a chance to watch that game, but coming into week two, they were one of like the top ranked teams. So they are that good. And even now they're still at the top of the charts and power rankings all over the internet. So I think it really shows that our defense is legit.
1: Yeah, I think that they've got to just like uh, everyone's got to shout out how awesome they are. Obviously, that's not winning us games, but that's that's our shining stars, our defense.
0: And that's the thing. If we can just fix like one or two things on offense
1: or a bunch of things, but
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay, fine. If we can fix our offense, then we can definitely be contenders for top team in the league.
1: All right. So let's get into offense. What are your thoughts on Hackenberg? And I have a lot of thoughts, but let's start with what you get
0: to put it briefly. The team is making Heckenberg look a lot worse than he really is.
1: I totally agree. Uh, Receivers were dropping passes, and apparently they weren't running the right routes. I mean, they had the mic on him, which, again, I don't know if that's the best choice. I love it. I'm fine with it, but maybe not everyone else is. Anyway, he was going on and talking to one of the coaches that you're not supposed to run in the back on Dragon. I don't know what that means, but essentially the receiver wasn't where he was supposed to be.
0: If the receivers aren't running the right routes, then you you can't blame Heckenberg for that. And especially with the film that we get, i.e. none at all, just the broadcast, which had horrible camera angles. Oh, my
1: God. That's one of my biggest pet peeves. I have no idea what options Hackenberg has because I can't see down the field as the fan. Like as as I'm watching the game, I can't be like this guy was open or he had no options. So they had to run the ball like I've got no idea what's going on there.
0: So it's hard to fully evaluate Hackenberg because you don't know what options he has, like you just said. And combine that with the knowledge that receivers aren't running the right routes. And I even saw that in game one against Birmingham when Ross and Fabian pretty much collo- like were running opposite routes, but into each other. So Fabian had to like jump out of the way, which obviously threw things off. It's hard to put all the blame on Hackenberg.
1: Yeah, and we saw, especially in the first half, left tackle Morris, number 77, just wasn't doing his job. You were saying that he didn't know who to block. And so people were just getting right to Hackenberg. So he didn't have any time. And
0: yeah, and then, there's, like you're saying, there's, you know, he didn't know who to block. There's a couple of plays where he looked confused as to what his assignment was and ended up blocking the same person as the left guard. And then, only a moment too late, realized this other guy's heading straight for Hackenberg. And then there's not much you can do about it at that time.
1: Right. So these are the things that we may be able to let Hack off the hook for. <laughs> but we can say that he had a crap attitude. Since the the, the like what is the second snap when the guy snapped low.
0: Yeah. So I will say I can understand his frustration. If plays aren't being called right or getting to him in time or clearly receivers aren't running the right route, his offensive line isn't protecting him.
1: Yeah, because he already looks bad from week one. He's trying to come back week two and look strong. And there's all these other surrounding factors that are like not letting that happen.
0: However, as a quarterback, you are the leader on the offense and you have to lead your team.
1: Yeah, screaming at everyone won't help anything.
0: Screaming at the coaches doesn't help anything. His attitude, I would say, is petulant.
1: I, I totally... That was a word I said last night mm-hmm. when we were watching the game. I was like, he's being petulant right now, just saying, hurry up, come on. He's yelling at the coaches to get him to play. Like, you're yelling doesn't make anyone feel better. Think about, like, your job, your work environment. If someone's screaming at you, does that make you want to work harder, work better? Absolutely not. No, sir. It makes me want to drop your pass just to piss you off. And, if anything... It makes me want to work with you less.
0: It's hard to get the team to work for you whenever you're acting like that. And it'd be one thing if this happened in the fourth quarter when they can't do anything. They're trying to win the game. They can't do anything. But this started, like you said, in the second play. Whenever the center had a bad snap, rolled up all the ball to Hackenberg, and Hackenberg had no choice but to fall on it and pushing them back to third and 29. Like, that is frustrating. But that is not the time to put your center down. That's the time to build him up.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because... People are going to work harder if they feel like you've got their back.
0: Yeah. Should Hackenberg be benched based on his performance? I do not think so. I think there's too many issues on offense that need to be fixed before the quarterback can be successful. Should Hackenberg be benched for a better leader? I think that is a real question. I think that is something that the team needs to explore.
1: Okay, so I think that obviously there's a ton of gaps on offense where we need just improvement all the way around. Okay, so Zach Stacy obviously the star of the offense, but other than that, pretty much everything else needs improvement. However, I can't say that a different quarterback will make a difference because there's so much other crap going on that sucks, but I I can say that I want to see change. That's my biggest freaking frustration is the fact that there was no change from week 1 to week 2. Relying on run game and short passes, I mean, it's just like and running up the middle of the field worked well. I mean, he got a 50-yard run one time.
0: But you can't do that over. They ran the same play three times in a row, albeit it was a play that had variation. It was a jet sweep with running option and a passing option. So like they ran the jet sweep and then they like handed off and then they pass the ball all from the same exact play.
1: Yeah. I was wondering if you're going to bring up jet sweeps. I have no idea what that is. But when we were watching the game, you we were like another jet sweep. Like, I can't believe it.
0: So a jet sweep is when a wide receiver starts out wide mm-hmm. and then runs in the middle pre-snap and then snaps the ball and then hand off to the receiver as he's running full steam behind the line of scrimmage. Gotcha. It can work if you got a fast enough guy and he can get around the edge of the defenders. It can work. When that's the only play you run, defense wisens up and they cover it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing that I was seeing this whole game was just our defense could read the offense like it was nothing. Yeah. When you run the same plays over and over, I just told Dan, like, I'm at this point prepared for a losing season. And that... Sucks. <laughs> How many times have I said that sucks this episode? Maybe we should have a counter. We're Niners fans. We're tired of losing. I want to root for a winning season. Again, Dan made a point in when well, we were guests on the big play podcast.
0: Bigplay.com.
1: That you shouldn't jump ship because the, these losing teams are gonna need their fans even harder than the winning teams do. So we're not, obviously we're not going anywhere. It just is hard to root for a losing team.
0: So yeah, play calling, obviously an issue and the Time management in the first half. Well, I will say, and a lot of that was because the play calling was not getting communicated properly. And so the formation was right, the players weren't right. And so Heckenberg had to burn a timeout just to try to get things in order. Twice. Yeah. And then defense once. Yeah. Which led to, at the end of the first half, we're in field goal range, but without the timeouts. They run a passing play completed inbounds to run the clock out and not get the field goal like that. I don't know if that was on Hackenberg, not reading it right or like what the decision there was. But at that point, like you have to just get the points.
1: Yeah. You got to get points on the freaking board. I mean, we, we were winning 12, nothing at the time, but like that call doesn't make any sense. Oh, speaking of they needed to get points on the board. We're not, we're not to the fourth quarter yet, but they needed to get down the freaking field and they were just doing short passes and run plays that weren't going to get them anywhere. Sorry, just came to mind. Back to what you're saying.
0: <laughs> okay. So at the end of the first half, yes, we're up 12 to nothing, like you said. But as we've seen in the AAF, two touchdowns, if you don't get the two point conversions, is not insurmountable. One touchdown to two point conversion, you're down by four.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what happened.
0: Yeah. So getting those three points would have been a game changer because, like we saw by the final score, like that could have been the win.
1: Yeah. That could have won it for us. Another thing that doesn't make any sense to me was like, I'm totally questioning Singletary at this point. Both teams had penalties, and they should have offset. Yet Memphis denied the penalty.
0: So I, I'm still curious about that. And nobody, like in the broadcast booth, I saw like gave a, an answer to it. And I don't know like what the decision was. If maybe Singletary misunderstood, or if the refs didn't communicate properly, like what the situation was.
1: It cost us 15 yards. Yeah, 15 yards.
0: So let's get to the fourth quarter when everything just kind of fell apart.
1: Yeah. So like we said, defense was really carrying this game. It wasn't until the end of the third quarter, I think, when the Hotshots had their first points. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was like two minutes left of the third quarter. Our offense was struggling through, but they were making it. And defense was just securing that lead, securing that win. But then we get to the fourth quarter and defense is tired. (laughs) I mean, they can't they just can't keep going.
0: They're missing tackles, and I think the big thing that I saw is that just like with the iron, it wasn't that the opposing team's offense like just got really good. It was just like one or two missed tackles, like one or two big plays that gave them like the majority of their points.
1: Yeah, and you were saying that tackling was a problem the whole game.
0: Yeah, I was looking at like PFF grades, and like tackling was rated awful, and I saw. Some like bad tackling throughout the game. But the majority of the issues were just from the fourth quarter. Yeah. And you can only stay strong for so long before you get tired and miss tackles.
1: And there were a couple of just like stupid mistakes. Yeah. Especially on defense. It seems like they got more penalties for like really just dumb stuff.
0: Yeah. And that's that's just kind of growing pains with this league. I mean, there's a lot of 12 men on the field all over the league.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. That happened like three times in the Commanders Apollo's game.
0: Yeah. And I, I think that's going to be an ongoing issue, at least until they, these players get more time together and just kind of smooth that out. Yeah. But those penalties hurt us, especially when it was such a close game. And, you know, it's every little thing makes a difference.
1: All right. Week two wrap up.
0: Defense killing it, star of the team. The only reason we're really competitive in any of these games so far.
1: Yeah, offense, a lot of work to be done. Our left tackle has got to be on it. Receivers have to stop dropping passes. We need a different play calling system. Sticking with the run offense and short passes is just like done. I'm done with it.
0: Yep, we need to go deep. We need to test these defenses deep because nobody's respecting the deep ball from us, which they shouldn't. And so they can just like we've said, I think numerous times before the teams are stacking the box and taking away the short yardage plays that we're relying on.
1: Yeah. And trick plays. We got to add those in there. Uh, We're seeing a lot of that in this league. We've had one so far whole season. It worked due to a penalty. It came back to us, but there's only been one. So we need to implement some of those.
0: Yeah. Just something, anything to help get some pressure off our offensive line until they can start really working together a lot better.
1: Yeah, change it up. I want something different. So looking ahead to week three, I want some changes. I don't know if Silver's is better, but I want to see something different.
0: Yep. So before we get into our week three predictions and looking forward to the next week, let's get into the AAF news.
1: Okay, hopefully that's more fun.
0: Um.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay, great.
0: So let's start off by saying that Darren Rovell is a tool.
1: Okay, you told me a little bit about this in the card the other day.
0: So, if you're listening to this, you've probably been inundated with the news that the Alliance has received an additional $250 million in funding.
1: Okay.
0: We're not going to talk about it a whole lot here because enough has been said about it.
1: And who cares? No, I'm just kidding.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, here's the summary of what happened. Okay. The Atlantic, quote-unquote, broke the news that the Alliance was about to fold and needed emergency funding to the tune of $250 million to keep going. Okay. Okay. That has been refuted by multiple sources. Charlie Ebersole saying that this has been something that's been in the works. This is how startups go. You get a series A, B, C. You get rounds of funding to keep your venture going as it changes, grows, and whatever. Okay. The owner of the Carolina Hurricanes, which is an NHL team, came to him and said, Hey, what if I just give you enough money so you never have to raise money again? Charlie said, I'd be stupid not to do that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. I wish someone would come up to me and say that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so then he invested in the in the league became chairman of the board which is a very high ranking position yep and is majority owner of the league okay so that's the two sides the truth is probably somewhere in the middle so i reached out to martin e nochez of sharkbait.me and that's like a
1: shark ha <laughs>
0: Um, it's basically just like connecting investors with startups. So it's somebody who knows how startups work and how investment works. I gave them like the articles that were published from different angles. And basically they said, it's not great. It doesn't look great. It, it, it's questionable that the league would give up that that much control. Gotcha. So early in the process. So it's likely that they probably did need money. But it's really not a bad. It's not completely bad. Gotcha. So my take on it is Charlie was presented with an offer he couldn't refuse. Maybe the league had financial issues. And part of the story was that there was a payroll glitch. So the players didn't get paid on time. And people ran with that saying, well, the league was out of money. Probably just a payroll glitch. So it's possible that the league was struggling. Steve Spurrier came out and said that an investor backed out. So there probably was some financial issues. Not to the tune that they were going to fold, but just that you know money was necessary.
1: It's a startup. Of course, you're going to struggle. It's a startup and people are trying to prove themselves. Come on now.
0: Yeah. So this guy came in and said, hey, I'll give you money. And what I like about this is the fact that he runs a successful franchise.
1: Yeah. He knows what it's like to be a sports team owner.
0: So like, he is running the Carolina Hurricanes and the NHL. Like, This is something that is sustainable, successful moving forward. I don't know how the team record is or anything. I'm just saying from a business perspective. If we look back to the launch of the Alliance, there was a lot of struggles. The app was disappointing. The streaming continues to be a disappointment. There's just a lot of small issues that could have been better. And maybe having somebody at the helm who knows how to find cohesion in this business could bring some stability and could bring a lot of wisdom and knowledge to the league. Yeah. So overall, I think this is a great sign, regardless of the situation before. Maybe the league was about to fold and wouldn't be playing a week three if this hadn't happened. It doesn't matter. They have $250 million.
1: Yeah, that's my big question. What does it matter if they were going to fold? What does it matter? They're not going to fold now. Like, I don't care. I I honestly don't care. That's why, like, you've told me about this. And I kind of just, like, let it slide by because this is not important. What's important is that we're going into week three. The league is going to continue. We're talking about possible expansions. Not the league officially, but, like... It's rumored. I mean, what does it matter? Maybe they couldn't secure enough funding. But like, again, it's a startup. Yeah. How common is that in a startup? I think every freaking every startup.
0: And so you have to expect that Todd Dundon, who's uh, the investor, did his due diligence, looked at the league, looked at everything, said, hey, this is a great deal. He's not going to blow $250 million on something that's about to fail. Yeah. So there we are. That's our take. That's uh, the situation.
1: Wait, what does uh, Darren Rovell have to do with it?
0: Oh, he just perpetuated the lie and the false narrative and refuses to, like, walk back. All because I guess the league isn't, like, answering his questions, like, getting back to him.
1: Because you're a piece of... Okay.
0: And this is a guy that leaked the uniforms ahead of the official release, spoiling it for everybody.
1: So he's just a... He's a
0: tool. Darren, if you're listening to this, and I'm sure you are, stick to sports betting. That's the only thing you really know, and I question that. Let's put a bow on this bitch and move on to some (laughs) roster changes. Okay. In the time that we did the react to now, there has been a couple roster moves. Okay. We have signed Sherman Brady. Who's that? A running back. All right. And released Rajan Neal. Why? Performance. I'm not sure. He hasn't been playing a whole lot. I
1: was gonna say he, he. I heard his name once this past week. I don't even think it's because he was actively playing.
0: Yeah. The team has released Malik Boyton and signed Mohamed Oh
1: Okay. For as a cornerback. All right.
0: So yeah, Malik. I, see, that's really disappointing. His story is amazing and I wanted to watch him play for the Express. Yeah. But lo and behold, it's not to be. I hope somebody signs him because I want him to succeed and I want to see him play.
1: Yeah. Here's hoping.
0: So that's the news. I think. I think that's everything. If it's not, follow me on Twitter, Memphis AAF. I'll I'll let you know there.
1: Tweeting like a maniac.
0: Boom. All right. So before we get into our week three preview, let's uh let's thank our sponsors and our producers.
1: All right. Who we got?
0: So our executive producer this week is Dakota Muller.
1: All right.
0: And if you remember, he had the last voicemail a couple weeks back.
1: Speaking of which, we've got one we're going to bring in later.
0: Absolutely. And our producers this week are Rodrigo Villa Gomez, Brian Winsloff, Van Awesome, Andrew Martin, Jeffrey Cox, K.O. Farley, Matt Shekels, and Zachary Garten. Thanks, dudes. Absolutely. And big news. We have the shirts. (gasps) Yay! Follow me on Twitter, on anywhere. I posted a picture of it. So we're still trying to get the stickers kind of printed out and cut, blah, blah, blah. Um, but that should be going out very soon.
1: And if you would like to be a producer, make sure you go to memphisaaf.com forward slash Patreon. You'll see all the info. We've got bonus content up there. Patrons also get the free shirt and sticker Dan was just talking about. So go on over and check it out.
0: All righty. So let's get into that uh, listener voicemail.
1: Okay. I'm scared. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm a little nervous. You never know what's going to happen here.
2: Hey, I love, I love what you guys are doing with the podcast. Keep on going. I'm a big fan of you guys. Um, I can't wait to see what the Express do throughout this season. Maybe we can go to the championship. Thank you very much. Keep, keep, keep up the hard
1: work. Thank you. So Dan just went and checked the voicemails. He didn't even know that was in there, and they didn't leave their name. So to whoever that was. Thank you so much. We have so much fun doing this. And its I just love hearing that feedback.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. I think the championship might be a bit far-fetched at this point. This Actually, this voicemail came in uh, about three weeks ago. <laughs> so, sorry for taking so long. Sorry the team isn't performing as we had expected.
1: I mean, we could still go to the championship. Yeah. Maybe everything changes. Singletary is gone. Oh, wait. We didn't even talk about that. What is the process to fire a head coach? I'm not saying that Singletary should be fired right now. But I'm unhappy with what's going on. So if we if it keeps going this way, I'm seriously gonna start questioning. Any, any thoughts? No, you got nothing.
0: I think it's too early to talk about.
1: But we don't even know the process, though, which is the yeah. question.
0: Yeah, was a process like since the league owns everything. Like whose decision is it to replace the head coach or GM or team president? Yeah, we're not saying that anybody needs to be replaced at this point, but maybe they will. Yeah,
1: I mean. I'm I'm not giving up all hope for Singletary, but I'm I've got big like I'm, I'm just frustrated and disappointed. So
0: yeah, hopefully he can turn it around and we go eight and two.
1: All right, so there's the second voicemail we got.
0: Uh, yeah, how are you guys doing? This is Tom
2: Anderson with the hashtag Always Aboard podcast. Uh, big question on my mind right now after watching that loss. You have to think with how long Christian Hackenberg was in that game and with a shutout loss, zero points from the offense. You have to wonder if
0: the Express are potentially tanking to try to draft Zion Williamson. Curious if you guys have any analysis on that. Thank you so much.
1: All right, so this was obviously after week one. I think it's a bit silly to think that they are trying to lose game one just for draft position. I think this makes sense for an established team in an established league. But right now, we got to sell tickets. And it's hard to sell tickets for a losing team.
0: Yeah, and I think this is a joke call. Uh, Because I just looked up Zion Williamson and he's a basketball player from Duke. And to talk seriously about that point about tanking for the draft, we don't know what the draft is going to look like. If it's even going to include all the players, if it's just going to be a QB draft again. And if it is, will we still have the option to protect? There's so many questions that we don't know. And I don't see tanking for a draft position as a viable option. Regardless. Nobody knew coming into the season how these teams are going to perform. Sure, they had some idea, but there's no way of telling, like, that we're going to go 0-2. And being, like, the first year, and then taking something you would do, like, in a rebuilding season to get better draft decision, blah, blah, blah. This is year one. There's no rebuilding. You've already built your team from the ground up. It's go time. We have to win to sell tickets to make this league popular. And tanking is not the way to do that. So, no.
1: I mean, at this point, again, it's a startup. I don't, we can clock how many times I've said that in this episode too. But the goal at this point is to sell tickets and make money and make this viable and make this last. So intentionally losing is not going to do that. I, I just don't think that's the strategy at this point.
0: Yep. So that's our listener voicemail.
1: If you guys want to call and leave a voicemail, we would love to hear it. Call us at 901-352-0177. Again, that's 901-352-0177. 7-7. Seven, seven.
0: So before we get into our week three preview, let's hear from the AAF delivery guy as he delivers us his predictions for this week. All we're back again with the AAF delivery guy coming off a rough, rough week on his own picks, but we're here looking at week three. So, Ron, real quick, give us your takes of kind of what happened this past week in the league.
2: I think in the league we saw a lot of good things and bad things. I think we're starting to see teams form their identity as who they are as a whole. And I think that's really exciting. We did see a lot of bad things. We saw bad weather, first of all, in two of the games. And we saw a lot of drop passes. And I think those are things that'll get polished. But overall, I'm pretty excited where this league is going week by week.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I noticed there was, uh, was a lot of comeback games. It's almost every game the final victor was trailing... At least in some point, if not most of the game. So it's kind of an interesting dynamic this week. But like you said, a lot of good football, a lot of issues, but it's kind of things like offensive line and just like the offense in general is going to take time to come together. So I I think the league is trending in the right way, for sure.
2: Absolutely. And I think with all these comeback games, it speaks to the heart of these players and how much they're willing to fight and stay in it just to play this game and reach that next level one day.
0: Absolutely. All right, so you were a two for four this past week. Is that right?
2: Ah, uh, dreadfully so. Yeah, <laughs> I was 50%. I Going into Sunday, I was looking pretty awful.
0: But you're six for eight on the season, so that's that's something. So let's go game by game. Salt Lake Stallions, Birmingham Iron. What would your take and what did you see there?
2: I was really feeling the Salt Lake Stallions. I thought the Iron were overrated and I thought the Stallions were underrated. And it was one of those games, like you said, where... Stallions had it, but the iron just didn't quit and they came back and won it.
0: Yeah, I still think the iron are overrated. I don't think they're as good as people say, but like you just said, you know, they have the heart they're able to rally in the second half and kind of pull it through. And I guess that kind of matters more than I guess, you know, having all the talent in the world. Mm-hmm. All right, so the next game was Arizona Hotshots and my Memphis Express.
2: Yeah, unfortunately, I did pick Arizona Hotshots to win. They were on a roll, and I thought they were just going to keep it going. And I'll be honest, I was pleasantly surprised throughout the whole game. I thought Memphis was going to make me 0-2, which I was going to be okay with. But again, it was that game where Arizona didn't quit, and they ran away with it.
0: Yeah, I didn't think that we were going to be as competitive as we were. Obviously, I think everybody going in was assuming that Hot Shots were going to win. But for the Express to be able to shut them out for almost like three quarters of the game mm-hmm. says a lot about about our team and where our defense is. It's just the offense that needs to get it together.
2: Absolutely. And with a good defense, you guys are still contenders, and your offense will grow. And I think we're going to see a lot more wins in y'all's column.
0: Yep, I I hope so, but I totally agree. And then next up, we had the Orlando Apollos and your San Antonio Commanders.
2: Oh, this was a heartbreaker of a game. But actually, I left this game even after my San Antonio Commanders fell at home to the Apollos. I was really happy. Both teams should be very proud of themselves. They played really well. I think a lot of people thought Orlando was going to come in and roll right over us. But San Antonio just, I think they proved they're one of the best in the West. and. Orlando is the best in the east I think it really came down to that co- costly fourth quarter pick by Logan Woodside and obviously Garrett Gilbert and Charles Johnson destroying <laughs> our secondary
0: they're gonna be a, a tough duo for the express to keep under control but yeah and a lot of people are putting the commanders like with these power rankings they put too much stock in the overall record but when you look at it, like commanders are still, the second, if not third best team in the league. Like, I'm still putting them in towards the top.
2: Yeah, a lot of people have them either right above the iron, who's 2-0, and o, and I agree with that.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, and then lastly, we had the Atlanta Legends and San Diego Fleet.
2: This one, I chose the Fleet just because Atlanta had... They both had problems going in, and I believe Atlanta had more problems than San Diego did. And uh, I'll tell you, I was... One for three at this point. So I was just begging the fleet to win. And it looked like at the beginning, Atlanta was going to win. And San Diego just came back with those second-half touchdowns. Atlanta's problem is they get to the red zone, they move the ball, and then they cannot get it in for six. And they settle for field goals, and that ends up costing them the game. Have they scored a touchdown yet? Yes. Sims threw it to Malachi Jones sometime at one point in the game for their first and I think only touchdown.
0: Okay, (laughs) so a lot of work there. A lot of work. I can't say much because we've only got one touchdown in the season. So (laughs) Wait, no, no, we got two. We scored a second one. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we're doing all right. So deliver us your picks for this week coming up, week three in the AAF.
2: Well, coming off my abysmal two out of four week, uh, this week I'm playing it safe. This week, first up, I have Arizona beating salt lake in salt lake i have orlando over memphis i'm sorry
0: it's understandable um,
2: I, <laughs> I have the birmingham iron beating the atlanta legends although i think this could be the upset if it's the other way around and i have the san antonio commanders i love them beating the san diego fleet in san diego
0: yeah if i was gonna have to pick an upset i think I'm gonna pull for the fleet just because they're coming off a big win Mike Martz is known to have a complex offense, and it just takes time for these guys to get it together. And maybe week three, they're finally starting to gel. They're going back to San Antonio, their biggest rivals. They get a chip on their shoulder, and they're looking to make a statement. So I agree with everything, but I'm going to have to take the fleet on this one.
2: Uh, Well, agree to disagree.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you have it. Week three, we've got our predictions. AAF Delivery Guy is going to be on the show next week, so we can discuss how we do on this week.
2: Absolutely. I can't wait.
0: Thanks so much for coming back on the show. And you have a new Twitter handle.
2: I do have a new Twitter handle. I decided to simplify it so people could find me easier. Easier. It is at AAF delivery guy. You can't miss me. I make videos every week and I'll keep making it till the season's over.
0: And you just started on Instagram.
2: I did just start on Instagram. I'm posting some Family pics on there at the Delivery Guy household, some behind the scene pictures. You can find me at just AAF Delivery Guy on Instagram.
0: Awesome. And I saw your uh, wife was giving you some help. So go to Instagram, check out those pictures and see his family and you will not be disappointed.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
0: So that was the AAF Delivery Guy.
1: So looking at that schedule, my first thought is why are there two matchups that are repeats of week one already?
0: Yeah, it seems a bit early, but maybe it just has to do with schedule. I don't know. Maybe like something to do with like the broadcast schedule for CBS and the other networks.
1: Gotcha. My other takeaway is that the Legends and the Express can't get a break with their schedule.
0: No. And that was one thing I was talking to like some of the other reporters at the press conference is that.
1: Oh, look at him. Just (laughs) drop like that.
0: (laughs) But just coming into the season three weeks. The three best teams in the league.
1: I mean, obviously, there was no way to know that when the schedule came out. It's just tough.
0: Yeah. And that really makes things look a lot more dire than they really are. Yeah. So I feel like we're a middle range team. I feel like we're better than the Fleet Legends, possibly Stallions. Okay. But we had one of the toughest schedules. Yeah. So it's hard to see that.
1: All right. So let's get to his predictions and what you think about it.
0: Arizona High Shots and the Salt Lake Stallions.
1: Yeah, I think hot shots are going to take it. I mean, I don't know, because I, I we still didn't watch week one. So maybe Stallions are regrouping and they're going to come back. I've now said I want to watch that game so many times we're going to have to go watch it.
0: <laughs> Alrighty. I think that we showed that the hot shots aren't as good as people thought out of week one. But they still are good. Yeah. And unless the Stallions can kind of copy what we did and frustrate the quarterback, make them make bad decisions. I think the hotshots are going to take this. So yeah, I agree. Stallions are going to take that loss. Okay. Birmingham iron and the Atlanta legends.
1: Yeah. I think the Irons going to win. Not because they are like super awesomely talented. There is talent on that team. I can't deny that, but the legends are just showing that they don't have cohesion and it just, I feel so bad for them.
0: Yeah. They're struggling and maybe they write the ship. Maybe they start Murray at quarterback. We'll see. But unless anything changes, I don't see a way the legends can beat the iron.
1: Agreed. Commanders and fleet. Commanders and fleet. He said the fleet's going to lose. I don't know. We haven't watched the fleet game from this last weekend. So I'm interested to watch that and kind of see how things change from week one to week two.
0: So they struggled at first against the legends, but came back to win it.
1: Okay. We'll have to watch that game.
0: Yeah. So I think if I was going to pick an upset, I would say the fleet would win it.
1: I mean, I would love to see that.
0: I think the commanders are the better team, but... They're playing in San Diego. Home field advantage is a pretty big deal. And maybe the offense can pick up the playbook. Because one thing that is holding them back is Mike Mars has a really complex offense. And they just haven't had time to kind of get it all together. Yeah. So maybe going into week three, they're facing their rival. There's a lot of fire and excitement. And maybe they pull it out. Okay. And last but not least, Express and Apollos.
1: I'm excited to watch our defense keep the Apollos, their their points down. Now, for offense, uh, I want to see big changes.
0: I'm excited to watch our defense go against their offense. They have one of the most explosive offenses. They've shown that they can throw the ball deep. They've shown that they can make plays happen. And our defense has shown that they are pretty rock solid.
1: Yeah, but have they shown that they can really defend against those deep passes because that that's what we saw from the Apollos this week.
0: I think so because the Hot Shots had a lot of deep passes week one from what I understand, from what I can remember.
1: Okay. And there were a couple of interceptions.
0: Yeah. And they didn't get any huge plays. The big plays that they got were just for missed tackles.
1: Oh, right, 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 right.
0: So we prevented them from big plays. So I'm hoping we can do the same thing to the Apollos.
1: All right. So tackling's got to improve, but yeah. defense I think is going to beast it out.
0: And I think if we can do that... We know our run defense is great and our front seven is awesome and can get pressure to the quarterback. So I think if we can frustrate them by taking away that deep pass, then perhaps we can hold their offense low enough that maybe our struggling offense can actually get something together.
1: With all the weaknesses of the offense, I mean, that's who obviously has to put points on the board. I I just don't think that they'll be able to like, I don't think that the receivers are magically going to start catching the ball. I don't think that play calling is going to change as much as I would want it to. And again, I want to see trick plays. And I just, I I don't think that we're going to see, I, I am hopeful, but based on the fact that Singletary, it seems like he's doubling down on these decisions.
0: It's hard to say. Yeah. In order to get a win this week, Zach Stacey is going to have to have another monster game. Our offensive line is going to have to protect a lot better. And we're going to have to test this defense deep. There's no question about it. We can't win. With these short yardage plays, we have to make them respect the deep ball. So that opens up our running game and our short passing game.
1: Yeah, just change it up.
0: Even if they're not successful, just let them know that we might go deep.
1: Right, that it's not off the board.
0: We need that threat.
1: Yeah, all right. But based on that, the fact that I don't think we're going to see these changes, I'm expecting a loss. Yep. Which makes it hard going into our next home game. Yeah. Because tickets, I mean, the stadium was already empty-ish.
0: Yeah, hopefully the weather's better.
1: All right. Any more thoughts on week two or the upcoming week three?
0: No, I think I get everything. Just uh, keep your expectations low.
1: And stop trolling on Twitter. We know that we're losing. Like, you don't have to be a dick about it.
0: Yeah. Except for the Iron Legion podcast. Iron fans are pretty much assholes.
1: Oh, but you told me this and I was disappointed. Not surprised, but disappointed that uh, Express fans were booing the hotshots when they came out of the tunnel and stuff. You say that that's football. I don't know. Can we just be better, though? (laughs) Like, just be better. You don't have to be just just yeah, just be better.
0: There you go. Be better, guys.
1: All right. That's all we got for this week. Thank you so much for flying Express and Goal.
0: To find out more, you can always hit the show notes at MemphisAAF.com slash 29. Find us on social media, uh, Twitter, MemphisAAF, Instagram, MemphisAAFpod, Facebook, Express and Goal spelled out.
1: That's all we got. We will see you next flight. And i Eight and two, Jesus! I would love to see Waddell as Elvis, though. <laughs>